We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's a True Faith podcast. Uh, Newcastle United soundly beaten by mid-table West Ham at home. Three goals to the Lillian. If we're quite honest with it with ourselves, it could and should have been more. Uh, you've got myself, Alex Hurst, Norman Riley, Michael Carlin and uh, Ben Wade on this um, Sunday morning to talk to you about this. We're going to talk first and foremost and primarily about the football and what happened on the pitch because that's essentially why we all do this and why you all listen. Uh, we are also then going to talk about 11th minute walk-ins, fan reactions, atmosphere and potential boycotts in the second half of the show. Quick note to say that this show is partnered with Fans Bet, a unique gambling company. At True Faith, we turned on numerous opportunities to be sponsored by gambling companies, but Fans Bet give 50% of their net profits back to fan organisations that you of your choosing, uh, such as True Faith, uh, Lisa's Flags, Food Banks, Supporters Trust, that kind of things. They also have committed uh, not to do television advertising, um, which I think is a really positive thing for the gambling industry. So we're, we're partnered with them. If you do like a gamble, check them out. If you don't, then please don't start on our behalf. Um, you probably just lose money like we all do anyway um, we're also sponsored by our patrons who pay five quid a month ish depending on the exchange rate uh, for uh, about four to six extra shows in Newcastle United a week we don't just talk about how good or bad we are we do a lot of retro shows a lot of uh, light hearted shows um, but enough of that on to this week's show um, Norman you're normally Mr Positive you're normally very confined positives in defeat but walking away uh, with you in the pouring rain um, to Central Station last night from the Gallagher end, you weren't happy, and why is that? It was brutal. Yesterday was absolutely brutal. Um, it, it was a an absolute highlighting of a complete and utter golfing class. Um, and the reason that we're able to be in and around a side like West Ham, um, who've spent you know comparatively a ridiculous amount of money, who've got. Um, players who are way beyond what we have in terms of their, their natural football ability. The reason that went in around them is because of, of Rafa Benitez and his coaching staff. Um, and there are going to be occasions where, unfortunately, Rafa and his coaching staff's magic just doesn't cut it when a team with significantly better players f- turns up and fancies it. And that's what happened yesterday. Um, we were just soundly beaten by players who are better than us. Um, I mean, obviously, there are a couple of things additional to that. Um, our players performed poorly yesterday. No two ways about it. Um, I'll, I'll try and get into, into, some, into some positives. Uh, there were a couple of good moves. Um, the move at the end of the first half, that could have led to an equaliser, was, was brilliant. Brilliant football. Um, 
Once again, Modi Army was excellent. There's no two ways about it. And what he does in breaking up play. Controversial but, um, that. Controversial yeah. because he's, he's, he's not. Diame has picked up a lot of criticism on social media. A uh, lot of criticism. Uh, uh, from, 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 where, from what I saw, from my, my vantage point, I can't really fault Diame's performance given what he is as a footballer. His job is to basically make tackles and to break up play. And he did that. It's just a lot of his teammates didn't really do what they're supposed to do um, and ultimately they couldn't cope with, with West Ham's better players and, and Pellegrini pulled an absolute blinder um, my, my pre-match optimism you know recorded for posterity on the um, the match day podcast saying that Pellegrini's picked two up front because he's going to go for an early goal and I think that actually plays in our hands because it allowed them to dictate the ball more when it completely backfired it shows you what I mean what absolute little I know about football and maybe I am talking shit about Diomi as well because um, as I say, I thought I thought the two players up front was uh, what was playing in our hands, but Pellegrini pulled he pulled a fucking blinder. He absolutely pulled a blinder. Um, a bit like Rafa did away to Burnley. I think he he, he surprised us um, by doing that, and, and it worked a treat. Um, and we were not at the races in pretty much every aspect. Um, I, I thought Kennedy would rinse Zabaleta. I thought Zabaleta would get booked. He did, but Kennedy was just he's completely off. He had one of those games where his Body language and self belief, which is completely lacking um, from from kick off, and I think that's a, a it's becoming a bit of a regular theme. With Kennedy, you can usually tell within the first five minutes whether or not, whether or not he fancies it. Um, Richie had a shocker yesterday. We offered absolutely zero down the flanks, um, and it was just a, a performance that we need to put at the bed quickly. We've got an incredibly tough game coming up against Everton, and based on what I, what we saw on Saturday, we'll get where Arsenal's handed as we're getting at Everton. But you never know, Rafael and the players, hopefully. You know, well, Rafa definitely, but the players themselves need to get together and say, like, we can't, we can't let that happen again because if we do, then we're going to find ourselves in the bottom three on on um, on New Year's Day, which will be, you know, very very negative. Um, I, I'm struggling, I'm struggling to find positives other than um, I still believe we'll bounce back because we still have a fucking brilliant manager. Um, so, sorry, go on, Alex. Go on. What about what? Yeah, so that's fair enough that you don't just have to provide the positives. Um, you know, give us some more neg- negatives, like you know. How? What, what do you think it was? Was it just an off day? Where, you know, the, the, one of the things you could probably say is, have we seen players playing above their level, the likes of Fabian Scher, and was yesterday more indicative against very good players of of why, for example, the cells should be in the team? Why, in fact, Lejeune and the cells are cut above Fernandez and, and Scher? Do you think it's? Do you think it's that? Or do you think we're just generally dreadful um, below uh, the level? Like, what was it? It's it's it's, t- it's tough to answer that really because I, th- I suppose we need to see three or four games where we actually have a horses handed to it before I could make it before I could turn around and say actually you know Lascelles is way above Fernandez and um, Lejeune's way above Shea. We, um, we don't want to see a few different... more of them, Norman. Please. Exactly. Well, exa- exactly. So so I'm, I'm you know the, the I suppose the only the only kind of way I can maintain positivity is by is by looking at and thinking, thinking you know that that was a that was a. I say one off, you know, it may happen three or four times during a season, um, but hopefully it won't happen consistently. I still, I think the players play above themselves. I think the whole squad in Newcastle, in general, um, and this happened last season, players above themselves because you know that they're coached and trained like magnificently by a brilliant manager. Um, you put a lot of those players at other clubs under lesser managers, and I don't think they'd be anywhere near the the, the levels that they've achieved. Um, of course, Lascelles, I think, was a massive miss yesterday because I'm sure we'll go into this. Defensively, you are fucking shambolic, um, which is unusual. Actually, I tell you what, and maybe again, you know, I, I, haven't, I haven't watched any highlights, but I don't think Yedlin performed too badly yesterday, and I think he's been in good form. Um, 
Now, you know, Alex, I'm sure if you if you picked up on anything by watching highlights, you'll 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 mention them. Um, but obviously, we know it's it, the centre halves yesterday were, well, they were pulled, they were pulled apart. They were absolutely pulled apart. And yes, Lascelles is a vocal leader who who kind of screams at players to get into position, and that was that was hugely missed yesterday. Um, but God, it, it is it is tough to walk away. It was tough walking away yesterday. I think as well, it just. I don't know that there was almost like a, a lethargy in there, and is that a result of having won three games off the spin and players maybe believing their own hype a little bit? I don't know. Um, there's that possibility, but also you've just got to you've got to put it down to the fact that West Ham fucking turned up. They really do, but when they do, when we know this, they've got a really good manager and they've got really good players. And when they turn up, when they fancy it, they can't turn anyone over. They turned Everton over away three one. You know that's that's not a fluke. Um, the the beat man you playing, playing the exact playing the exact and with man you playing almost the exact game plan as well. Exactly. We'll come, I'll come on to a little bit more about that later, but I want to want to get the lads' thoughts first. Um, ben, again, you were kicking off down the stairs in the Calicut. <laughs> what did you see yesterday? Which that apart from the three goals for the other team, what frustrated you most about yesterday's I mean, performance? I'll I'll answer that in a second, but just just to add <laughs> a slight positive to to Norman's uh, sort of one or, one or two that he picked out there. I think um, as, as poor performances we had and pretty much 1-11 to 11 had an off day yesterday, we still created some really, really good chances. Like We, we could have easily on another day scored three or four. Did we? I, I, we did. I, Perez has a shot where he... Did we? I, I just, Perez, goes, we did. Perez goes through and, and fluffs a shot where he's, he works his way into the box. We had the, the Rondons had about two or three shots blocked where he's, he brought the ball down in the box and, and he should do better. He should test the keeper, but they either get blocked or... Or he does something I'd, like that. For example, there was one where he, he brings it. He basically finds himself unmarked in the boxes. Two of them at the back post. He brings chests it, brings it down, and shoots, and the defender blocks it. That that was pretty much like his positioning was was exactly where he scored from Burnley. So he we, we could have scored goals yesterday. We just weren't clinical and we were a bit slow to slow to get our shots off and, and allowed them to get back. I just think Fabianski's not made a save. No, he hasn't. <laughs> like, I'm saying the, the shots bit, were blocked. It's a bit blocked, like short blocked, but it's because people were taking so long to get 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 either the shots off or or they were just shooting off target. But as I say, it was a one slight positive, and uh, even then, <laughs> I'm not sure it's a positive because, um, as you say, we haven't tested the keeper. But Rafa, Rafa will get them in uh, Monday morning and just be like, lads, it's not all bad. Here's a reel of your block shots. Just, just imagine, just imagine if if they'd go if, through. If, if they'd have, <laughs> sorry, go on if there, they'd have got through three people, that was probably going in. <laughs> so it's not all, it's not all uh, bad, lads. Keep keep your heads up. I, uh, it was just, I mean, the Norman was sort of starting to touch on it there. The defending yesterday was just embarrassing. Like the, the just, it was like watching. Watching us like defending on a five five aside on a Tuesday night, just so like slow to react and stagnant, and um, we just played into their hands. I mean, you're you, you sort of talking about West Ham having some quality players. I wasn't really that impressed by them um, in terms of. I don't think they they completely like overrun. I've seen bet teams come in and, and play a lot better than that against us. It was just they had one or two that, that looked really dangerous. So clinical, yeah. No clinical, yeah, Ben. That's what exactly. it is. Got, the thing is, yeah, they're making me brilliant. They're making me brilliant, but they've got players who are who are so good when they want to be that they're fucking clinical. I mean that the the, the and the two key players were Arnautovic and um, Hernandez. I mean Hernandez is is taking his two goals really well, um, and then Arnautovic just just caused problems all night all day. I mean there was and and to be honest, they, they could have probably scored another two or three as well. Um, 
just to, to carry out what I said before. So it was one of those, yeah, I know I've just bullied, bullied them, to be honest. And, and that was the, the disappointing thing was we've, we've just come from a game against Burnley where they literally were, were sort of facing the, the blitz in terms of they, they put that three big sort of tall lads on, on the pitch and and, uh, and, and we, we, we handled that really, really well and, and we fronted up to it. Yesterday, we, we just got bullied and I don't know how... I mean, Arnautovic is, is a, a quality player. I mean, 25 million is starting to look like a bargain um, for West Ham when when it was a deal that I sort of raised a few... Uh, well, raised, raised a few eyebrows. <laughs> raised a few. I, I, I had to go buy some All extra stick on ones. I had to go buy some extra stick on ones <laughs> just to raise them. So, um, I mean, that was just, that was a real shock to me. But... Um, uh, it was just I, I I didn't think he would he would fit with uh, West Ham, but but he fair play to him. He's he's been absolutely class for them, and and yeah, it was just Fernandez who's probably been one of the the stars of of our season so far, if you can call it that. I mean, it, it, <laughs> by star I mean the last <laughs> three games, but um, he's I thought he's been he's been really solid, but yesterday he he just got bullied um by Arnautovic and, and couldn't couldn't handle him. Um, and then the the most disappointing thing for me was was the midfield battle. I mean, Declan Rice and Mark Noble, Mark Noble, like let that sink in a minute. Like Mark Noble played in a in a two man midfield, so it wasn't even that they had the three men. I mean, Anderson Silva, you were thinking, I'll probably tuck in and make it a three on two, but he didn't really. Get, he kept the width there for most of the day on the on the left, um, and just yeah, there was times where like Declan Rice was coming and taking the ball off people and. And, and sort of, I would say he put in the Diame performance that we normally expect. It, it was interesting you said sort of Diame had a good game there. Um, I mean, yes, he, he was still winning the ball, but he wasn't as he wasn't as dominant. You you expect Diame in that type of game against those two players. He should have been absolutely bossing that midfield. We should have been winning the ball back every two minutes. We should have had much a much more intense press on them. Um, but we didn't see any of that, and it was just. We, we allowed them to, to sort of dictate most of the play really and, and that was the disappointing thing for me was that I thought Key and Diame would, would absolutely dominate Noble and Rice and, and they didn't and as a result of that it was, was very difficult to, to get any sort of um, decent pressure on, on them and at no point that that's the thing when, you, when you're playing games like that you normally expect it to be waves and, and you would have expected us to, to sort of come on and bring the pressure on them for the last 20 minutes a bit like Burnley did to us and, and other teams have done to us in the last few games where we started really strongly that didn't happen I mean we, we, we got worse as the game went on and, and that just you, you can't do that we we never had a sustained level that sort of um, real real sustained period of the game where we were putting West Ham under pressure and, and that to me that that isn't a, a sort of a great West Ham team whereby they should be coming and knocking us over 3-0 Mickey bring you and I've got a lot to come back on Bournemouth but I'm keen to get Mickey's thoughts first where, where do you stand with the lads have you got any further criticisms to make or any bizarre positives to draw because uh, I don't think the, the term positive could be used so far for the <laughs> The, uh, not, not from what the lads have said so far. No, um, I think I think all of the negatives are, are, are reasonably fair about the performance yesterday. But I, I'm not I'm not certain it was as disastrous a performance as, as we're making it out to be. I think it's one of those it's one of those games where nothing's really gone our way. Individual performances have been subpar across the board, and I don't think there's anyone really that comes out with any huge amount of credit. Um, firstly, I want to agree with them. Um, with Norman on Diame, I thought he was probably our best best performer yesterday. He did his his usual job reasonably well. Um, 
and didn't deserve the some of the um some of the reactions from the fans which we'll come on to later on I'm sure uh, that he got I thought however West Ham weren't that good either and you know I think they've only had four shots on target and they've got three they've got three goals from it or there were three fucking poor goals to concede and the first two in particular were we literally caused ourselves by giving the ball away in stupid areas. Um, on another day, though, maybe one of those three goes in, and and we're still we're still in the game. But I thought the the overall performance from Newcastle, despite as Ben said, making a few chances, and and there was a couple of couple of free headers as well from um, from corners that we could have done better with. So um, I don't know. It's a, a overall a very disappointing um, performance. But I, I think on another day we could we could have come away from that game with a point. Whether it would have been deserved or not is another question, but um, I don't think it's in the it context does. of the, of the last does. four games overall. I don't think it's anything we need to be overly concerned or or knee jerk reaction about. I think I, I think you get games like that every season where nothing really works out, and you've just got to move on to the next one. And I think we're we're in a reasonably fortunate position this week where we've got another game straight away, so Rafa can get into the. I hope he's got them in a training today, mind. He can get into them a training, and yeah, and 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 just tell them that's not fucking good enough. But you've got a chance straight away to put it right. And if I was him, I would be. I'd play the same eleven, and I'd say to them, "You lot need to make up for what you what what you didn't do at the weekend." Um. <laughs> just we'll just go beat them. <laughs> like Javier Manquillo against Theo Walcott, like Javier. Yeah, get done again and again and again. Well, Mickey, we're going to do the Everton preview for parents, so I'll go into it more then. Um, but I would, I would probably go back to the three-five-two against Everton, um, and, and I would probably bring Kieran Clark in a left back anyway if you're going to play four at the back, because um, at least he can defend. Um, but sorry, Mickey, I interrupted. There's uh, anything else you want to say? Not particularly. No, since you brought up Mankiw, I, I, I didn't think he was the worst of the performers yesterday. He wasn't the, wasn't the worst of the defenders. Um, thought the centre halves had worse games than him. Um, but yeah, you're right. He, he is he is terrible at football. I said that on the on the match day on the preview. He's, he's, he's crap and he shouldn't be playing. Yeah, I mean, he's always some pretty good points there. It's hard to disagree with anything. Just wanted to touch on a, a couple of things. Um, He's a spot on about the centre backs. If you look at like Rafa's darkest days at Newcastle, um, it's days when the centre backs are all over the place. Like our our whole team and ethic and core is based on a stable like spine of the side, particularly starting at the back. Um, and it reminded me of almost the year of the day since Watford turned over three 0 um, and it was almost the same, exactly the same performance yeah. and same outcome. Um, in hindsight, and it's dead easy to say, Lascelles should have started that game. Um, he, he was reported fit, um, and I, I totally understand why Rafa did what he did with with Sharon Fernandez, who people, including us, have been bigging up and, and saying have been fantastic, which is true because they have. Um, the cells definitely needed to play that game for to organise. And instead of who missed the first eleven minutes, so I don't know how it, that went. Yeah, I think he's got to come in instead, uh, instead of Shea. Yeah, he's person. got to play ahead of shit. I think Fernand- so sure. Fernandez is. Has been good with Lascelles as well, so I, I would put them two back in together. Yeah, you'd argue that Kieran Clark should play left back, and I, I, t- I totally agree, Mickey, um, that uh, Mankio didn't particularly do anything wrong, and he, he had a couple of reasonable forays with the ball, but he's so right-footed that I, I, me and Norman were talking about this during the game. Kennedy was so bad yesterday, but it was almost like he just didn't trust Mankio. <laughs> 
Um, he didn't trust him to get forward. He didn't trust him to pass on the ball. He didn't. It was almost like he never met the bloke, which is worrying. Um, <laughs> Who's this lad playing, playing uh, behind us? Where's Paul? Yeah. Where's my Paul? <laughs> so, the, so the back four all over the place. Central midfield. I think. I think it's harsh because the, the good thing about Noble and um, Rice was that Noble and Rice were just hitting balls kind of into areas, knowing that that their attacking players are mobile enough and quick enough and read the game well enough. I think I think is it the second goal? Um, Noble just kind of punched the ball forwards in the general direction. He's not even looking at Arnautovic. He just like loops the ball over his head uh-huh. to Arnautovic, who flicks it on in the hope Hernandez and Schur's playing him on side. It's like. Because I think Rice and Noble looked a lot better because of their attacking players. Our attacking players yesterday were dire. As bad as we were at the back and we were bad. I think you make a good point, Mickey, that West Ham only had seven shots and four. I mean, they should have scored more goals. They're guilty of missing two or three excellent chances. But they didn't really have any sustained pressure. It was just counter-attack, counter-attack, counter-attack. We had two big problems. Number one, we've got no yeah. pace in the squad, which is a massive issue. So we can't, we couldn't push West Ham back. We couldn't drag West Ham's offensive players back to defend. You wanted um, Anderson having to defend. You wanted the lad on the right. You wanted Hernandez doing a Perez and having to come back and defend. But they didn't have to because we didn't have the pace. Rondon was isolated as usual. Um, so that was a massive issue. Um, but again, Rondon was isolated against Burnley, but we we're, were made up for, through space on the wings. Um and I think Key and Diame were, were picking up the ball and they were looking around and there was, there was literally no one to pass to. They were then passing the ball to each other um, or, or dallying on it. I think people were frustrated with Diame because Diame tried to get forwards a little bit and made a few runs in the box and was found quite well by Shelby and others and then just bad first yeah. touch. I mean, I've just written a match report for the Truth Here sites and everyone is on Perez. I'm going to go into individual performance, but everyone's on Perez and Diame's back. Diame was bought as a number 10 for the second division because Dwight Gale's small. So, so someone needed to win the long balls from Matt Sells that was the plan didn't, ha- didn't happen though did it um, someone was supposed to win the, lo- win the long balls and that was pretty much what I think Diomi was bought for and he's, he's, he's put in 40 or 50 excellent performances maybe maybe not that many Freddie Carson centre midfield and, and Key cost an out and I thought Key had a reasonable game yesterday he tired and he wilted but uh, he was definitely one of the better players. So it, it, I don't think central midfield was a problem. Richie and Kennedy were just like beyond parody in terms of how ineffectual they were. I mean, Kennedy couldn't control the ball. Um, and then you had Perez. I, like, I just People are saying he missed guilt at chances. I don't even think the, the chances he missed were that, were that bad. Um, he, got, he, got, he was through in the box once he got played in and fucked up, but he was offside, so it doesn't matter. Um, he should have done better with that header, but it's, it's a hard technique to do going away from goal. Um, and apart from that, I can't think of a chance he had, to create. He had I was, one I at the end of the first half where he went through like pretty much one on one, and I mean from from the left side, and it's, it's on his left foot. Oh yeah, it, it was yeah. tight angle. So it was a, yeah. You should do better. Yeah, you that's, should do better. That's my point. Is is they Shit. they like <laughs> tested our keeper from that spot. In fact, they even scored. I think they scored basically like similar to her. They're one of Hernandez got the second Hernandez goal. I think it was quite a. Um, sorry, the uh, Anderson Silva won the third one. Um, they scored theirs. We we missed ours. So. That was the frustration. The, the major thing, major thing, we've been saying it, and, and, and again, I don't want to just give the manager a pass here because it was the same in the championship. When the other team score first, we get beat. Mm-hmm. We don't have any ideas. We don't have any plans. We're, and it's a, it's a pro, it is a problem, and it's something the manager should have addressed by now because it happened in the championship. When we concede first, we've got a, we've got a plan A, and the players are well drilled, and they're very good for plan A, but there is no plan B. And we did Leicester, Brighton, West Ham... You know, it's it's fair enough saying Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs, 
you know, those teams would, would give them a game at St James's and we did. Um, Arsenal maybe we didn't, but the others we did. Um, and that's true, and it was good not conceding five goals at Man City and having to go. When you lose 3 0 at home to West Ham, that argument becomes a bit more difficult to stomach because we'll, we may as well have had a fucking go at Chelsea or you know what I mean? Like, than getting absolutely spanked by West Ham and Leicester. Um, but ultimately, if we concede the first goal, you know, people talk about boycott wills. If we go 1 0 down, we may as well just, you know, nick off because we're just. I mean, the Leicester game, I was saying that Norman was very similar to yesterday where we, we literally didn't look like landing a punch. And if you look at the performances against Watford and Bournemouth in particular, but Burnley as well, particularly Watford and Bournemouth, how many chances were created in that last 30 against Watford and particularly against Bournemouth, it's, it's a mentality thing and it's a mindset thing. It's not purely tactical. And it's something the manager's never managed to, to get on top of while he's been here. And I, I imagine we need to get a grip on it soon because, Norman, you're, you were right. You just thought West Ham are going to go for this early on. Now, we missed the first goal um, walking in late, which we're going to come on to. But I've seen a replay of it, and uh, the defending for it is just absolutely criminal. Um, to have one of West Ham's two strikers completely unmarked in the box is is dire. You know, we spoke our mate who who didn't go in eleven minutes late, um, who stands with us. We're all friends. <laughs> we respect everyone's opinion. Um, he was basically saying we did all right before the goal. Um, we'd, we'd, we'd carved out a couple of opportunities and we're probably the better side. But I look at I look at yesterday and I look at the football that we saw for the what. 79 minutes um, and I just thought West Ham should have won that game 4 or 5 nil. and it's concerning that West Ham were mid-table Premier League side and I thought the movement of um, Anderson Arnautovic and Hernandez was inspired um, and we should have been playing about 5 or 10 yards deeper than we were but it's hard when you're 1-0 down to do that um, Mickey would you say it's a fair assessment to say that game is what Watford would have been like had Watford taken one of their many chances it's <laughs> a good argument. I hadn't, um, I hadn't thought about it like that. Put forward by Howard, a podcast listener. It's a great point, Howard. Um, potentially, yeah. Um, I think we we all forget about that Watford game now because it was a, a few wins ago. But we were incredibly fortunate not to concede that day. Um, and, and and Watford were in the square boots. There's a there's an argument and that <laughs> that, frame, that frames the whole season completely differently. Our, our whole season, sorry, completely differently. If we if we lose that game, I don't know whether we go on this little mini run that we've had. Um, well, but, Mick, I'd say that does if I, I, you know thinking negatively for a minute. If if John Joe Shelby doesn't get injured against Watford, are we slow without a win? Probably not. But you know that that was a huge key coming on in that game to transform the season. And and share, but we've we've had that argument many times. Uh, oh, I but yeah, I think. Um, you, you saw the kind of reaction from the from the team yesterday at the second goal. Now it's it's easy to say that when it, when it's a second goal, but you know the, they were never going to completely stop having any sort of attacking impetus after uh, conceding so early on. But the second goal just put us to bed, and there was no chance. I mean, we could play that from from two 0 We could have played that a hundred million times, and we would never get back into the game. Um, so yeah, I think I think I think that is a good point, and I'm probably right. Depressingly, it's fine margins, isn't it? That's that's where, where do we go from here? I know, obviously, Norman, you said that we're well, off to Everton on Wednesday. <laughs> you are Ben, Ben, and Greensuit will be reporting for True Faith with a with a, pod, a match day podcast for parents and uh, a podcast after the game. Rob will be there as well. So, True Faith are we'll, we'll try and go to every single game and we'll be reporting from Everton. Um, Norman, you know, is, is it? Some people have called it uh, back to the drawing board, uh, a panic, you know, not a panic button, um, uh, a wake-up call. 
Would you agree with that, or do you think the problems are are more systemic and and kind of rather than just one bad performance at being indicative of uh, the fact that we are actually a bad side? Like, where do you where do you fall on it? Do you think that this is just one of those games, or are there louder warning bells for you? Um, well, two things before I comment on that. Um, I've just uh, looked at the True Faith match report, and uh, we got a we got a point yesterday, nil nil. So I'm happy about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I'll go and change that now. I'll, I'll change that while recording. And, uh, and also, <laughs> people, if, if someone hadn't watched the match, they'll be thinking, "Why is this bloke kicking off?" <laughs> um, also, Ben, um, just try not to like vomit on a um, bar floor in Liverpool this time. Quick bit of advice for you, there, mate. I can't promise anything. <laughs> can't promise anything. <laughs> and also, I think Fabianski did make a save yesterday, Shea, when he came in at the um, the near post. And, yeah. Uh, Put a grass cutter in to put a grass cutter in the apples. I think I think if that had gone in, it would have been ones each. So so there you go. And there's a there's a positive. We nearly equalised at one point. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, uh, mate, that's a really it's a really difficult question to answer because I think you know there are problems at the club. There are systemic problems at the club. We know that. We know that. We know the squad. There's a, there's a paucity of quality in the squad. We know that. Um, we know Raf hasn't been given enough money. We know that there are going to be occasions where we just get tonked by teams because the teams have got better players. Not because they've got a better manager, not necessarily because they're better organised, um, not because they've got players with bigger hearts, but just purely down to the fact they've got players who are just fucking better. Um, and that's what happened yesterday. We had... The thing is, in order for us to get points, because of the lack of quality in the squad, we have to be on We have to be on it every single match. The concentration levels have to be 100%. Players have to be playing at the absolute fucking maximum of capacity for it to get anything. Whereas other teams in the Premier League... Like they don't necessarily need to be like that, especially against us as well. You know, West Ham yesterday. There's an argument you could say those players and their team they probably paid to like sixty, seventy percent of their actual fucking capabilities, um, and we dropped maybe twenty percent in our performance, and we got absolutely we got absolutely rinsed. We got rinsed. Um, so um, a wake up call. I mean, I don't think any of us were particularly sleepy in any ways, were we? You know, we had the, we had the we had the optimism. Obviously, you know that kind of misplaced optimism that you get when your team wins two or three games off the bounce. Um, when I say your team, I mean Newcastle, war team. Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, deep down in our heart of hearts, we know what the limitations of this squad are. And we all know that there are going to be, you know, inverted commas, these wake-up calls. Um, Gant Everton on, on Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever it is, uh, I've got, I, I, I have to be honest... I've got zero confidence we'll get anything from that game. Everton are a fucking brilliant side and if and if their players turn up and stick in 50% of effort, even us at full capacity, there's every likelihood we'd still lose because they're just better than us. Um, Wolves on Saturday, as ridiculous as this may sound because it's December, is in effect a six-pointer. It's hugely important um, and I think that's where that's where our, our kind of real energies and our real battle lies. Um, we, we know we need to bring players in at Christmas, two or three players, uh, sorry, during the Chinese transfer window, will we? Probably not, because that's you know it's make Ashley's Newcastle. Um, but there's no there's no there's no definitive answer I can give to you, mate. We've just you know we've got a squad of players that needs to be at 100 percent their maximum capabilities every time in order for us to get something. And sometimes they're not. Yesterday they weren't, and we got battered. Fair comments. Um, it certainly feels much bigger to me. But you know I was. On the car recording this podcast, on the way back from Burnley, absolutely bouncing, saying we're looking up, not down. <laughs> so it's funny what a it's funny what difference five five six days makes. But we're football fans, and we're contrary, and um, this happens. Ben, um, you know you've got your your positives with your block shots. Um, <laughs> do, 
do, do you think that, you know, considering the I, run we've been on and considering this is the Premier League, that there's every chance that we'll go to Everton and get a win and we'll turn over Wolves? Do you think it's that kind of team where we have the ability that when we're on song, like Norman says, or when we're, when everyone turns up, when everyone's like focused and we'll get the first goal, that we can, we can beat definitely all the teams in the bottom half? Are you kind of positive going into that game? Or are you going to Everton thinking, I just hope it's not as bad as it was in 2016 when we went and got home 3-0? Oh, I've play. got absolutely no hope of going there for a win. I'm, I'm just hoping I'll see a few block shots. Um... <laughs> nah, I think I, I think it's, uh, it's it's one of those that I, I, I do think I, I was, I've got the giggle <laughs> that's fucking tickling me that thing thank you I think um <laughs> I, I think I can see it being being another uh, Ever, Everton three 0 like we we witnessed a few years ago, and I I don't know. It's just we I, I don't know. There's there's just been the obviously the the lingering feeling like this season's been really really difficult. I, I I mean I'm still of the opinion that we're we're still in the relegation scrap. I mean I know you you were saying there uh, we're looking up after the Burnley game, but realistically, um, as you said, we've put in a half performance against Watford and managed managed to luckily win it. Bournemouth were brilliant. Bournemouth was absolutely like top class. But Bournemouth is the standard sort of that we, we set ourselves last season and, and played really well in. And then Burnley on on Monday we, we had a we started out the block really quickly and got a few goals, but then actually we we probably um, allowed far too much uh, sort of too much of the play and, and gave Burnley opportunity to get back in the game. So I suppose you could say was yesterday that much of a surprise because I mean again we we've allowed West Ham to come on and. And, and sort of take take the pick at, at what what chances they want to create. I think Everton, as you say, are a better team. I mean, I expect they, they've they've got more players that that can directly hurt us. You mentioned World Cup before. West, um, Everton have got some real real pace, which just seems to be our kryptonite at the minute. We, we just can't handle fast um, teams with fast players that are direct that'll have a go at. Um, so I'm I'm not massively confident. I haven't said that. I mean, I guess as you say, if if Lascelles is to come in and, and we can short that back four, um, or back three and or five or whatever he decides to go with, we, we we've seen it from the plays before that siege mentality. Did like we, we can grind out um, performances and and I suppose it, it puts Diarmi. I mean, just to come come back to Diarmi, you, you said it's like when Diarmi's got to get on the ball and has to sort of contribute attacking wise, he, he can't do it. He's he's not that type of player. However, when you put him just in front of the, the, the defenders, just running, basically shuttling 20 yards left to right, winning the ball back, he's brilliant at that. So if that's the type of performance that would, if that's the sort of the game, the way the game's going to go against Everton, it might play into our hands because I think our players are naturally suited to, to sort of trying to defend um, and, and keep keep games tight. And I think that's one, one of the things you said before about we, when we go goal down, that's the issue is that we don't have players that are comfortable Taking a game to other teams, that our, our sort of default reaction and in our comfort level is, is when we're defending, chasing the ball around because we've got hard work players. They're not particularly skillful or have that much ability, but they're hard working, and that's sort of the equaliser. So again, I mean, I expect West Everton are going to dominate more yet than West Ham are. So there's every potential that we'll, we'll get a hiding, but I'll like. Sort of on the flip side, it'll play into our players' hands a little bit that they'll not be expected to to sort of push on as much. I'm I'm not confident for it. I mean, I, I don't don't think it's uh, it's it's going to suit us. But I, I I'm hoping there will be a few changes because again I think it's we we need a reaction. And um, I know obviously Shelby came on. You mentioned the cells there. There's a few sort of options there, but it's not enough, and that's the frustrating thing. It's the the options that we've got aren't enough. I mean, Krishnatsu came off came on yesterday and. 
I just I, I do wonder why why Rafa's persevering with him when you have got Murphy that doesn't that's a young prospect that has has shown a little bit more in the in in the past doesn't get an op uh, get an opportunity so I don't know we'll see. Okay, fair enough. Um, we've done thirty-five minutes on that game, which is more than I thought we'd manage to get out of it. Um, Mickey, moving on to um, eleven-minute walk-in. Um, I think I think Norman knew something up really well yesterday. Uh, that one of the reasons people are protesting is because Newcastle's right-hand side just after Richie went off. Richie's going to miss Evan as well because he's suspended for another stupid boogan. Um, you know. Newcastle's right-hand side was Mankio and Atsu, Mankio and Hosolu. I mean, this is it. Which is Ever, Ever, which is just like. Sorry, mate. Everton have got fucking Cheng Tours on the bench, right? Twenty-seven million pounds centre forward. We brought on Hosolu and put him on the left fucking wing. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's just fucking ridiculous, isn't it? Hosolu and Mankio, like, there's 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 lads playing in the league. Some of them playing like would wouldn't take that in their side. <laughs> um, ultimately. <laughs> um, you know, Do you want Mankey or Hoss? I'll take Hossler with striker, no right right winger. Um, no, just, just oh, sorry, I just have to criticise Rafa a little bit more on the, the Rafa criticism week. He, this playing Perez out wide once, you know, he, he moved Perez out wide before he got taken off. It's just like, stop it, mate. Like, he's having a tough time as it is playing through the middle <laughs> where he actually plays. Like, <laughs> Out wide, he's just he kind of did, but anyway, um, Mickey 11th minute walk in. How many because we were Gallagher up how many people were on the corner concourse before you went up? Was there many? Was there less than you expected? More than you expected? More, how was it? And what did people say to you? Yeah, there was more in? than I expected. The concourse was full, um, like completely full, which I, I was quite pleased to see. Um, I, I didn't think there would be anywhere near as big an uptake, um, as there was, although I did expect if there was going to be. An uptake anywhere it would be in that corner, um, or over anywhere else in the grounds. Just as before we start talking about the fans' reactions, just a just a quick thumbs up to Mike Ashley who turned the tallies off in the in the concourse. <laughs> the spiteful bit of little prick that he is. Um, but they, they don't care though, do they? It makes it makes no difference to them. Yes, yeah, but they but they have reacted. So it's, it's interesting that um, that that happened. Coming into the coming into the stand, I think it, it was kind of. A weird, a weird sort of moment because obviously West Ham had just fucking scored, which is absolutely typical that it would happen at that time. Um, and then once I'd taken my seat, I didn't, I didn't personally notice any booing, but there's this guy behind me that that was going absolutely off it. Um, he's a, he's an absolute bell end as well, and I, I told him as much yesterday. Um, but he he. Offered it, offered it, use, offered it, you. Uh, no, it, it does. At the fans that came in uh, after eleven minutes, and he and he, he said it was our fault that West Ham had scored, and, uh, <laughs> and that we should have been in. Whose fault was it when Bournemouth scored? Did uh, well, it's it's absolutely pathetic, isn't it? And he was like, you should have been getting behind the team, and I was like, hang on a fucking second, like I'm here every week singing start to finish. You've never piped up once in the fucking ten years I've sat in these seats. You can literally get the fuck. Um, just the, the attitude to blame, like. What realistically was what maybe a thousand fans, fifteen hundred fans. It's those fifteen hundred fans' fault that West Ham scored. Have a fucking day off. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's a ridiculous attitude to have, and just sums up the mentality of some of our fucking fan base. And there's plenty more things we can complain about with the fan base for yesterday, but that one was the one that annoyed me the most. Just was a, he still just in five minutes to go, Mickey? 
Oh, he stayed till the end. Like I, he he made a scene of himself yesterday because obviously he called he called all of us out for not getting behind the team. So he had to make it seem like that's what he really does. When in fact he doesn't do that at all in any single game for ten years, apart from yesterday. And even then, it was it was pointless. Just him screaming at the team, "Come on!" Like no no positive support. Um, <laughs> so that's I mean that totally soured my day. I was so annoyed after that. Like. And deflated that that was the attitude of some of our fan base, and I bet that's I bet that kind of situation and that argument was replicated all around the ground for people that came in late. I just think it's really sad, and you know, I think most people with this eleventh minute walking have have tried at least to to be open minded and to allow people to make their own decisions. And obviously, we as a podcast have sort of lent one clearly one way, but we haven't criticised anyone for for doing differently. Um, and, and and I certainly didn't go into the ground yesterday and start shouting at him for for going in and not not supporting the protest. So to have that attitude of of instantly kicking off of people and being divisive is just fucking pathetic. And uh, one of, one of many things that happened yesterday that makes me think that we almost get what we deserve as a fan base. Tough one, isn't it? Um, we were block V, so we were gallagher up, but there were less people than I thought. Still reasonable numbers, maybe. Oh, maybe about a few hundred. Yeah, I would have said that. In our part of the ground, it makes me think there's about two, two and a half, three thousand people walked in late, which still is a, a very small amount. No one, I mean, Craig Hope has reported on fans booing each other, people who were in from the start booing those who came in late. That seemed to have happened right in the corner. Mark Corby said he got booed. Um, there was none of that in the Gallagher Upper. Everyone was fine. I was really disappointed by the, the number of people from Block V who were in their seats. I mean, they didn't do what you want. Support the team how you want, but it's, you know, it, we'll have to be honest. And I'm going to be critical of the Magpie group. It hasn't worked. Yeah. It hasn't worked. Um, whatever they the, the set out to achieve, it it has not worked, which is a, such a shame. Um, I mean, I could be I could be critical about was, a lot of things, but I'm I was not going to say, be. kind of, hang on a minute. Just like you're saying, you want to be critical of them, but it's not what you say it hasn't worked I don't think you can be critical because it hasn't worked they've tried to the whole point of this is it's trying trying stuff it's not it does it not everything we've said before and we've said before it not everything's going to be a success but at least they're, they're trying stuff well, yeah you, I was I was just about to say that yeah I was just about I was just about to say I could be critical I could say you could do this better you could do this why the 11 minute walk and why the boycott, boycott in consecutive weeks makes yeah. no sense but ultimately it's better to try and fail than exactly. not to try at all and you know what, Mike Ashley wasn't at the game yesterday. Um, I've personally known how thin-skinned he is. I reckon it's something to do with. He was terrified that the stadium was going to be empty after 11 minutes. It was going to reflect badly on him to his mates, so he probably tells lies too about how much everyone loves him. I mean, this is a bloke <laughs> who spends hundreds of thousands, if not millions of pounds a year on PR to massage the news and massage his image, and people say he doesn't give a fuck. Bollocks. Um, he cares very much about, about public perception and what people think of him. Um, but yeah, it, it, it hasn't worked. Um, it, you know, I don't criticise anyone from the Magpie Group um, for trying, and you've done more than me or you, most people listening, in, in trying to force change in Newcastle United. And for that, they have my respect. Um, I would have done a lot of things differently, but I didn't. I've just sat here and done a podcast and supported them broadly. But it's so it's such a shame it hasn't worked. And this is not. Please, I don't want people to take this as a criticism. This isn't aimed at the people who didn't walk in late or aren't going to boycott. Um, Mike Ashley and Lee Charney, take your attendance um, as reinforcement. What's the right word? As as like validation. As a positive, as va- validation of what they're doing. Lee Charney and Mike Ashley genuinely believe. 
that the majority of fans like the way they run the club. Now, that, of course, is nonsensical. But when you surround yourself by lies, when you read what you want to read, that doesn't mean that you are validating them. Not at, I'm not saying that. How they want to twist things, that's just what they do. That's, that, that's how they spin. They will see that as a victory yesterday. They'll see it as, oh, actually, people are behind what we're doing. Now, of course, it's nonsensical. You might be going, if Rafa goes, you might be thinking of dragging it in. You might think they're the worst people in the world, but you still want to go to the match. That's fine. So it's not these comments aren't aimed at you or your actions. Um, even if 100,000, well, not 100,000, even if 50,000 people did boycott the game next weekend, which we're pretty certain is not going to happen, um, they would still manage to, to spin it in some way. Um, but I promise you, having sat in front of them, having sat in a room with them, Lee Charlie thinks that it is a small number of, of deliberate agitators who have a problem with the way the club is run. They think that they do a good job running Newcastle United and that broadly, because of the high attendances of which everyone doing this podcast is one, we all have season tickets. The fact that we'll continue to turn up is validation for the way they run the football club and people are actually quite comfortable with the way the club is run as a whole. I think that's total bollocks and I think they're wrong. Um, but that's why I went in 11 minutes late yesterday. doesn't mean that if you did go in a minute one or if you're not putting club last week that you are, you do think the club is well run or you give them any validation whatsoever. That's just how they choose to look at it and it's my own personal reason. For boycotting next week, Norman, um, do you think they should call the whole thing off the boycott? Do you think they should just say... We tried, it hasn't taken off. If people aren't going to walk in 11 minutes late, they're not going to fuck the boycott. Um, do you think it, it, they should turn around and say, listen, we may as well just get behind the team because we need the points? Um, genuinely, mate, I, 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 can't, I can't give a, 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 like a sort of justifiable opinion one way or the other on that. It's, they, like everything you said there, I think what they're doing is, is incredibly admirable and they're, really, they're trying to force change and fucking fair play they're doing it because, as you say, you know, 49,000 other people aren't basically um, um, I want to get behind the team um, but at the same time I want change so I genuinely I genuinely can't answer the question um, how do I feel about next week well um, I'm boycotting but it's not necessarily an actual choice to boycott I just can't I can't get into the match so <laughs> I'm kind of uh, and, and, and to be perfectly honest with you I wouldn't be I wouldn't be able to make a decision on whether or not I was getting in and pro- probably until Saturday morning a bit like yesterday, it uh, you know. Matches on Sunday, you know. <laughs> well, Matches on Sunday. Well, well, uh, you know, I, I was planning, I was planning on planning in advance. Um, no, I, I wouldn't be able to make this. I wouldn't be able to make a decision until until my gut instinct kicked in, which would probably just be a few hours before the match, like it was yesterday. Um, I, you know what? I think it's too early to to write them up, write it off as being unsuccessful. Um, I think movements like this, this kind of grassroots movement, which is what it is, you know, there can be. There can be slow burners. There can be one thing that happens in February which just fucking flips the switch. Um, the transfer window in January, actually not spending money, the club being in the bottom three, could fucking flip a switch in thousands more people. So as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, if they keep going, then I, I support them in, in doing that because um, I, think, I think it's just a little bit too early to say it hasn't been a success. Let's just let's just see where it goes. What what they should have done was they should have come oh, out no. and said, oh, and we we also organised an impromptu last minute five minute five minutes to go walkout because <laughs> the stadium was empty at the, the end of the match. And that, oh, absolutely! And, and that, you, you said at the start, Dodzy, I, I was fuming walking out like that. That was because of that. And you think like reactions off people like Mickey's um, Mickey's bloke who who um, was giving him stick, like. That that's that's the issue I've got with people. Is it fine if you if you're not going to support like the boycott or the the walk-ins and all that sort of stuff, 
fine. Like, yeah, it's it's completely agree. It's, everyone's got their own opinions. Every- can I just say? Can I just add as well? Can I just add the terms of the magpie? If they keep going, the, I think at the minute, I, I think there's almost like a sense um, a sense of not being able to quite believe that, that like Rafa's going to be going at the end of the season. I think people still have this kind of tiny fucking flicker of hope that he'll stay. Well, that's just horseshit. It's not happening. Um, and the reason it's not happening is because of Mike Ashley. Now, as I say, if we get to sort of January, February, the Magpie group is still going and the reality starts sinking in that, you know, we're in a relegation battle. We haven't got out both the players we want. Rafa's definitely going to go at the end of the season. That's when the fucking, you know, that's when more people might be mobilised and that's when more people might just can actually and, fuck and this. And that's why I have a, that's why I have an issue with there being both an 11-minute walk-in and a boycott in consecutive weeks. That, to me, seems illogical, disruptive... Um, and it's going to, was going to cause the most issue between the fan base, um, and that now you've seen the fact that so few people have decided to walk in late. I'm almost thinking next week, like I've, I've planned to boycott the match. I just think, is it is it is it literally going to be like, you know, a couple of hundred people who do it? And as much as I want to boycott, and I will still boycott, I, I'm almost like, well, I feel like it's been because of mismanagement or bad planning. My direct action has just been wasted. Um, so shall I, shall I do it at all? Maybe that's just being gratuitous, you know. Maybe we're, like we made a commitment. We said we're going to boycott, and if it if if, if there's only a few hundred or a couple of thousand, do it then. <clears> but ask so you, ask yourself this, mate. Ask yourself this: Would you would you um, not boycott because enough people aren't doing it, or because you genuinely just don't want to boycott? Like you know that if I suppose if if you genuinely 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 believe that this you know this boycott is a, is a way of you kind of voicing. Um, are you showing your disdain for the new assassinated regime? Then, then, then you should, then you should, you should boycott if that's if that's how you feel. Well, then, yeah, I suppose, yeah. I mean, I will. I'm not gonna. I mean, me and Mickey have made plans <laughs> during the boycott. Um, <laughs> uh, Don't so worry, lads. We'll, we'll they they can be cancelled if if the lasses are listening. <laughs> Let's just, just give you my two um, pence with because I'm I'm going to have to love his and leave his. I'm afraid, but I still fully intend to boycott. Uh, next weekend I think everything you've said is right and Dodds in particular the, the plan of this hasn't hasn't worked and hasn't been particularly good um, but movements like this need to build momentum and if, if people like us that completely back the idea drop out of it the first sign of frustration I think it's going to fall flat on its arse it needs, it needs people that are yeah. fully behind the lads that are, that are organised this stuff to, to keep on doing it even in the face of adversity and, and when it looks like it, maybe it, it's not going to be as, as effective as we hoped to, to keep doing it to build that momentum and give us the chance come January when we spend no money and Rafa confirms he's going to leave that's when people are going to like the, the wider fan base are going to be looking for something to cling on to and looking for people to point them in the right direction of how we're going to try and do something about it so we need to build that foundation now for the second half of the season when the shit's going to hit the fan so I'll, I'll be missing the match next week. I'm gutted about it because I think we're going to win. But that's 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 what Mike Ashley has done to this football club and done to us as fans. It's that's very, it though. It's, it's that's the thing with you that would like you're not any less of a fan for for doing for getting involved in this. Like we we all still went to the game. We've all still got our season tickets. We we'll, we'll go in to, to support the team. And and you know what? Like those that the the, the fifty one and a half thousand or whatever it was that that didn't. Um, Get involved in in any of the sort of protesting, and, and maybe even might have. Um, Can't believe the West Ham fans walked around Absolutely fuming, disgrace. They're in a, they're a disgrace. Um, but it's like the the 
the the fact that the, no, the, there was a hell of a lot more than that, like not left at the end of the game, like not supporting the team, like that's what I can't I, I can't accept, and that's what I, I I was so angry about was that that they're they're meant to be the ones sort of go and support supporting the team, and and they weren't there when when the team needed it. I mean, the and it's, it's, I think you have to be careful, but you have to be careful, Ben, to say that everyone who walked in eleven minutes late. Also, stay at the end because I don't think that's true. Right, well, I, yeah, fair enough. I know what you're saying, but, but you don't. You don't I'm not. I wasn't. I was going to say I'm not. I haven't said that. To be fair, what I'm saying is, is that the people that that and and that's I suppose what I was going to say was as well. Like it's not necessarily that all those people that left early were the ones sort of giving people stick, but it's just frustrating that like what it's I, I can't I don't understand why there was that bigger mass walkout with with five minutes still to go like. And it was just, it, it spurred. It spurred. Obviously, the, the the lads around us obviously started getting the chance going, just singing Rafa's Black and White Army for the sort of basically the last ten minutes and and five minutes sort of beyond that. Um, it was sort of like an act of defiance, but it, it's just like at what point that I suppose what I'm getting at is what at what point is breaking point for these people to realise that like this get used to this because this is what Mike Ashley's and Cast United will do. Like how how many times you're gonna have to leave a game early? Um, frustrated, and it, it'll have been. It's for, it's out of frustration. No, nobody left Bournemouth when we were absolutely smashing, smashing Bournemouth last week. Do you know what I mean? Nobody left. That they, they weren't leaving five minutes early then. So at what point is the is the penny going to drop? That like either you get used to this and like <laughs> sort of accept that that's what's going to happen, and, and you stick with the team because that's the point. We're all their supporters to support the team. Like at what point is your support like where do you draw the line to stop supporting the team? And that that's what frustrated us was that just there was, there was a lot of people gave up on on the team yesterday and yes every everyone will have their own reasons for doing it and um, I'm not suggesting that you're, you're any less of a fan for doing it but it's just it, it was like a, a fickle like why it, we've we've seen worse performances from that team than than um, than yesterday and yet we've not seen that sort of type of reaction and it was just really really frustrating that. Um, there was that, and and the other thing that I, I thought was really surprising was it's it's the lack of anti Ashley songs and the sort of the lack of like detest. No, but so. but still like it's you, like <laughs> it, it doesn't need to be there. Like this, he's got he's gonna have his spies there that like will listen. And again, I suppose it just reinforces it just spies. it reinforces the thing that you said, whereby they live in this where their own little world where they don't think that they think everybody's back back in what they're doing, like. Again, another thing of that is is how much like abuse is thrown their way. If if it's not even sung about, if there's not even any like um, sort of any vo- voicing of like concern against the regime, then it's another thing where they're, they're going to think, oh, it's only a few people. Like if I mean, and I, I think a lot of the songs that we sing on on my cup of tea, like they're wishing them to be dead and all that sort of stuff. I'm, I'm not, I don't sing, join in with that. But there's other songs that we could sing that are anti Ashley. Um, that, that people could get involved in and I mean it was only four or five games ago where we were singing stand up if you want Ashley out or whatever it was and the whole stadium basically stood up and that was one it was one it was a one off occasion and nothing like that happened again and they've, they've tried to do it again and there's been no no reaction from the crowd it's just I don't understand that many people standing up um, at that point it was literally there was there was a, a, a large portion of the, the stand uh, of the, the stand stood up Um and yet we we like we're back to square one again because just it as I say I don't know if it's an apathy or what I mean the, 
the issue is, is it's we're not saying like don't support the team like we go in to support the team we want to see Rafa's team do well but there needs to be more action against the the, the ownership and it was one of the things that the, the TFM fans forum where the the lads from um, Glasgow and, and Liverpool came down to, to speak to her um, like they, they said there's going to be tough times there's going to be a lot of people telling you that you, you're selling your, your sort of um, you're selling out the team and, and you're this and you're that and there's not going to be a lot of traction always and a lot of support for the things that you're trying but that's where I wanted to be careful what you were saying before about saying it was a dis- it, you, it, you, a criticism of it because then we need to carry on doing this and it's not going to be something that happens for, like works first time it's something that's going to be attritional and we're, we're going to have to keep doing these things and it's not an easy thing to do I mean I'd, I'd, I'd I'd much rather be at the game supporting the team, watching watching the team rather than boycotting. But and and we've, this has been tried before, and we've, we've not got involved necessarily in in boycotts in the past, um, and these like walk-ins and walkouts and things like that. But like it's getting to a point where I suppose it's where what's your breaking point? And I think just the the more people that get to a, a situation where they're not that they, they, they realise that oh do you want do you want to see Newcastle United starved like this for years and years to go to come with Mike Ashley at the helm? Or do you want to start trying to sort of do do something to support getting them out? And it, it's not necessarily going to be. It's not like the Magpie Group are going to be the ones to get rid of Mike Ashley. Of course they're not. But it's it's going to. We need to try and do something as a fan base to facilitate that. Well said, Ben. I think we'll leave it there. It's uh, we've done nearly an hour. So my thanks to you, Norman and Mickey. Thanks to everybody who listens. We really appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back. We will do a podcast. Uh, after Wolves next Sunday night, uh, not having been at the game, um, and we're going to do lots on Patreon this week about uh, boycotts. We're not a boycott. Try and get a range of views, all that kind of stuff. So, do give it a go if you do like this podcast. We would appreciate it massively. And uh, I let's uh, let's hope we we'll get at least three points out of the next two games and start looking up the league again. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.